Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, I'll be talking to Shanae Jackson-Kendall about hierarchy. Now, for those of you at home who know nothing about what hierarchy has to do with non-monogamy and polyamory, boy, I feel like you're gonna be thrown into the deep end a bit in this conversation. But Shanae and I definitely had a very enlightening and beautiful conversation about hierarchy and how it can show up in polyamorous relationships. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Shanae Jackson-Kendall. Welcome back to Monogamish Pod, where I pretend I know exactly what I'm doing, exactly what I'm talking about, and bringing on people who might actually know what they're doing and what they're talking about. And today I'm going to be talking about hierarchy. And you're probably like, oh God, this again? This is a conversation that comes up very often in polyamorous spaces. We all know it. But I figured to bring in somebody who I've had these recent conversations about hierarchy with in a very interesting way. So I would love to introduce slash reintroduce you to Shanae Jackson-Kendall, the wonderful, the fabulous, (laughs) the beautiful. How are you doing today? I am good. I am fresh back from back-to-back vacations, so I'm experiencing a little bit of, like, problems re-entering the real world. I just want to be on a beach with a drink, but, you know, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hi, everybody. Hi, Monogamish Pod listeners. For those of you who don't know me personally or haven't listened to my previous episode, let me give you a quick rundown. I am a polyamorous married woman who's also long-term partnered. I am a native Atlantan and one of a dying breed of us who still live here. I have been openly polyamorous for about a decade and non-monogamous for even longer than that. My husband and I have been married for seven years and together for 14-ish. My girlfriend and I have been together for we just celebrated six years together last month and I also live with my husband's girlfriend so we have a interesting polyamorous life oh you definitely do I mean you don't usually hear about you know nested partners other partners living in the same house with you so that's something we're going to definitely talk about a bit more as it relates to what that looks like in terms of how nesting with your husband and his girlfriend can show up. But let's start at the beginning. So you and your husband have been together for 14 years. Yes, we met in college. We met in college, dated, realized we were not ready to be together, stopped dating, dated other people. And then we got our shit together. And we have been consistently together ever since. Okay. All right. So were you guys non-monogamous in college or were you guys monogamous? No. So college us was monogamous, but it was very short-lived. I would say we probably, our entire relationship has been maybe less than two calendar years monogamous. I mean, yeah. So Mm -hmm. we definitely, like the better part of our relationship has been non-monogamous and we were extremely polyamorous when we got married our partners were there at the wedding with us see that that's the love we like to see it's the love we like to see and it's different from how a lot of other people that I know who are married who do polyamory have talked about it they're like oh yeah you know we were monogamous for a while and then eventually we switched to a version of non-monogamy and then we agreed to be polyamorous and so 
it's interesting that you guys came in polyamorous at wedding. Yes, I will say that the the pipe the pipeline to polyamory is generally a marriage of a decade or more that then that then meanders to swinging and then from swinging graduates into polyamory. That is generally what happens. And my story is very different. And I think that colors both my experiences and my outcomes because mm-hmm. I think I don't have the same monogamous expectations to release that some married people do. So, you know, it, it's, it's there. I'm going to have other challenges, but yeah. not that particular one. <laughs> not that particular one. Okay. That makes sense. So there, that is a huge part of it. That big unlearning of monogamous ideas, you know, the sharing a partner and right. <laughs> that's a huge thing that I've heard come up a bunch of times from people, even talking to Evita. I had Evita on last season and we talked a bit about that, that journey to, swinging and then polyamory was it's it's real the pipeline is real and as someone who is not married again we have that different experience where it's kind of like oh yeah i'm just gonna do this thing it's fine people will fall in line it'll be okay right spoiler alert it's not it's not always okay <laughs> but that's fine son so i know that you said your partner and your husband's partners were at the wedding. Are those the same partners you guys are with now or are these different? So my co-parent, my baby mama, I affectionately refer to her as my baby mama. My baby mama was there and a lot of the people, so, you know, polyamory and non-monogamy, you kind of have a circle of love around you that, that, you know, swings between romantic love and familial love and friends. So I definitely had a wide range of those people at my wedding, but I can, I can definitely like look around and say that the people with few exceptions, the people that stood beside us on our wedding day are still part of our life and our love. Oh, okay. That's great. That's great. So talk me through a little bit what it is like sharing a household with your husband and his girlfriend. Well, it wasn't always just his girlfriend. So there has been a transition in our life where we were all together and now we're not. So, but what's most important is that we made a decision then to become family, right? And we intentionally built a life together. And I will say that what we've done is quite frankly, what people say can't happen, right? What we have done is what people say nobody does. Right. And I don't say that to be boastful, but I say that to show that grown people do what they want to do. Right. So if someone is not building a life with you, it's not because they can't. It's because they don't want to. So I'll say again. If someone is not building a life with you, it is not because they cannot. It is because they choose not to. We are. There is one law in our land that limits what we can do in our romantic relationships. And that means that I cannot legally be married to another person. Literally everything else is my fucking prerogative. If I want to do it, I can. And if somebody's not doing it with you, it's because they don't really want to. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's the clip right there. Whole interview's over. Thank you so much for being here today. (laughs) Do we need to say anything else? (laughs) But, but no, I think that, I think that's important for me to like, I I'm going to stand in that very hard truth because it, by me coming out and saying that early on the, the transitions that our polycule has been through 
makes sense, right? And you, we always go back to the prime directive. And the prime directive is we intentionally created a family. So we have had to, all of us at differing levels and differing times have had to explore what does that mean outside of this moment in time where we had a romantic relationship, right? Yeah. And if you're not ready for that conversation, you might not be ready for polyamory, right? Not not at least the, the type of intertwined polyamory where you're doing life things. Yeah. Um, so I will say that when we first decided to move in together, we were all together. And my baby mom and I were together for five years. In that time, we met and fell in love with someone else. And we had a baby who's now not a baby anymore. We have a six-year-old son who is absolutely the light of our lives. So this has been a, a gradual process. And we've just taken life as it comes and remembered that our focus is the ability for everyone to have more love in their life and not less. So that's kind of like our family motto, more love, not less. More love, not less. So there is nothing that's off the table. You said like, I, but I've heard some people say, oh yeah, you know, I can't spend too many nights outside of the house because, you know, my nested partner doesn't like it when I do that. And, you know, I can't go on certain vacations with people because, you know, my nested partner is something wants to do that with me. So I guess this is something that's come up in my non-monogamous, but not quite polyamorous circle. I call it my monogamish circle. Mm -hmm. There is a relationship that I know about in that circle where one person is not allowed to do a lot of things if they haven't done it with their nested partner first. So that's maybe allow is not the right word, but it probably kind of is just because of how they have guess, structured their dynamic. I guess what I would say is that they choose not to. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it is, like, right? Let's reframe our thinking around this, right? Let's put the onus back on the person because grown people, Shanae 101 is going to tell you that grown people do what they want to do, right? So if you have a partner who's like, oh, I can't do this with you because, you know, my my wife, my husband, my nested partner won't let me. What that means is I have submitted myself to their will, right? I choose not to do things that makes my partner uncomfortable. And honestly, my personal advice, right? My personal and professional advice to someone who intends to not do things that make their partner uncomfortable, I would just tell them to switch to, to, to like stick to swinging, right? Because when your emotions get involved, you, I can, I personally cannot and would not trust my emotions with someone that I can't trust to deal with them as they come. So if you have um, a preconceived notion and rules for how we can deal with our feelings before they even arise, I'm not interested. I think, I think married people hide behind hierarchy, right? Let me, let me stand and say that there are some really trash married people out here. There are some really, period. There are just some really trash married people out here. But there are also some unmarried or non-nested people who are not necessarily being honest with themselves. And what that means is they start blaming the existence of hierarchy or they blame their metamor for limiting their relationship. When in reality, people decide, people do what they want to do. Right. So if you're getting 
any rule that your partner, you know, decides they're going to follow. It's a decision that they're going to follow that, right? So there are certain boundaries that have to be respected. And I think there's a certain amount of respect that you give to your partners. But respecting your partners and doing what they want you to do is is worlds apart. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, we could do this all day. I ain't got no plans. I mean, we, we probably do have plans in real life, like going to the bathroom and things like that. But, you know, we have plans. But see, that's very important. Like you said, grown people do what they want. <laughs> and so I I think a lot of ideas that people have about marriages and allowances and things like that come from not realizing that it takes two persons to come up with this thing right so if i say you can't go to the park and you want to go to the park and you decide not to go you've made that decision you decided not to go correct and if i say you can't go to the park and you say well i'm going to the park then you just go to the park yep and We'll figure out whatever conversation needs to be had about that. But coins that I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. So you have a very different dynamic into polyamory with your husband. So what do people think about your relationship? Like, you know, when people are trying to date you, when they're trying to talk to you, do they come in with ideas about hierarchy that may exist in your life? I will be honest and say that that hasn't been my personal experience, but I'm also excessively vocal about how I feel about hierarchy and the way it's applied, right? And, you know, if you've ever encountered me in polyamorous spaces, you know that everything I'm saying here today is how I move, right? I I love my partners. I love my child. I love my responsibilities and the life that we've built together. But if I love you, then I'll also make time, space, and opportunities for us right? So one of the things that I say that to to differentiate the way me, my marriage, and my relationships work, anybody that I meet today has absolutely the same access to me as anybody on day one, right? So there's nothing, the only thing that's off the table, quote unquote, because divorce is still a thing, right? The only thing that's off the table is that I can only be legally married to one person at one time. Anything else that I may want to do with a partner at a natural time that I may want to do it, I can do, right? So did I move in with my husband a week after, a week into dating? I did not. But, you know, after five years together, we decided, okay, I'd like to make this a long-term lifetime thing. Okay, that makes sense, right? So I'm open to co-mingling, intertwining my life with partners to the extent that we both desire and make sense for us, right? Everybody you meet is not going to be somebody that you want to share a bank account with. But if I meet somebody tomorrow that I do want all these things with, that's absolutely something that I'm willing and able to do. I mean, I have a partner that I've been with for six years, and that relationship looks drastically different from the people that I'm currently dating, right? There's a whole bigger level of intertwining in our lives and in our families and our the day-to-day that is available to anybody who I might encounter. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like nothing is off the table. Whatever you and your partner's desire to do can be done as long as it doesn't require, you know, legally marrying more than one person at once. Okay, so if there was a time, this is sidebar, but if there was a time where you could legally marry more than one person, is that something that you would be open to doing you know I would 
I don't see any reason not to, right? I'm not sure that it makes, I'm not sure I would feel the need to, that makes any sense, because I've already done the whole work of like building a life absent a marriage license. I know what that looks like. I've done it. But I mean, if it was something, if I could and it mattered to my partner, sure, why not? I look dope as fucking wedding dresses. She does. I've seen the wedding photos. Listen, my Instagram, they're there. I, I was pretty. I was a pretty bride. I could be a pretty bride again. Okay. All right. And so we talked about your beautiful son. You have, you know, a child. He's wonderful. He seems is. super edited. Like I, I, I look at his pictures on Instagram. I'm like, oh, like. <laughs> yeah, like. He's, he's the light of our lives. He has four parents and, you know. And, the, and he's the only grandchild on two sides of our family. So yeah, he, he, he has a good life. That's a he's very, living his best life. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, oh, and so being mm-hmm. a parent, right, creates responsibilities in my life. But those responsibilities are to my child, right? So a lot of times I think people hide behind the responsibilities that come with being an adult, right? And try to make it seem like it's about... A romantic relationship but no matter what everybody single people nested people married people everybody has to make sure their bills are paid and make sure they handle their responsibilities whatever those responsibilities may be right so for instance my responsibilities as one of four on a parenting team look drastically different from the responsibilities that maybe somebody on a parenting team of two might look like but my responsibilities as a mother of a six-year-old might also look drastically different from the mother of a six-month-old or someone who's caring for an elderly parent, right? So those, we all have shit to do, period. And we're all responsible for managing our shit and knowing our bandwidth to handle relationships, right? So my bandwidth to handle relationships is not just the function of how many partners I have or how much time they require, but it's also a function of what do I do for work? How much time does that take? How much time do I need to recharge my own social battery, right? So people's bandwidth is very unique and specific to them and it's not stagnant, right? It it just, what's going on in your life affects it. So I think a lot of times people pigeonhole this idea that married people's availability is blank and single people's availability is blank. And I think that's patently untrue. I think that if you are mm-hmm. interested in getting to know someone or a, a, any kind of relationship with someone, even a platonic friendship, there's a bit of getting to know them and finding out like what space, what where, what's the Venn diagram of where your desire to interact and my desire to interact meet. And can we be happy in that, in that space? Facts. I think when people talk about polysaturation a lot, which of course, you know, some people are like, oh, if I'm, I'm, I'm just saturated. I'm like, doesn't saturated mean that you have enough that you're not like over? <laughs> I've heard some people use polysaturation to refer to like, oh, I'm over, I'm overbooked with partners. I'm like, no, it I, means think, that, I think it means you're good. Yeah. Like this is the level I'm at. Am I good? And like you said, that also includes taking care of your real world shit, bills, job, family situations, friends, how you interact and socialize with other people in the world and not just your romantic partners. And I'm only using the word romantic partners in this particular context because we're talking about romance a little bit. So not because I don't think <laughs> aromantic people can't have polyamorous relationships. Right. But we're talking true. about me. And... We're talking about today. Right. So, yeah. 
So just wanted to clarify. I know some people out for say everybody that. listening. Yeah, Sinead is a lover of romance. She um, wants the romance. I'm a big freaking romantic. <laughs> okay. Even though you know, don't tell like the, you don't want to ruin my street cred, but like you know, yeah, it happens sometimes. a little bit. It happens. It happens. So when we talk about you know obligations to your child, like you said, you know you're a parent. You have one of four out of those parents. So what does a typical day of managing a six-year-old with a parenting quad look like so i am the i'm not a stay-at-home mom per se but i do work at home and i am the person for whom work is most fluid so two of our two or four of us work here at home and two of us go out to work right so i am the the kid is sick the kid has a doctor's appointment. The kid needs to be picked up from school. I am the um, person who catches whatever may fall through the cracks, right? But we all have a very important role to play in our child's daily life. And because there are four of us, it gives me the flexibility to check out when I need to. It gives us all the flexibility to check out when I need to, right? So for instance, I spent Sunday through Wednesday on the beach with my sisters this week. And so that's something that that would take a lot of shuffling, maybe to happen in a two person parenting situation that for us, we're able to everyone's able to kind of just adjust what they do a little bit and we can make it work. So I will definitely I know that I sit in a place of parenting privilege simply because there's more of us. Right. But I also will remind everybody that we did that by design. That wasn't it wasn't accidental. We looked at the responsibilities of parenting and we're like, well, damn, this might be easier if it was more of us, right? It might be less financial strain. It might be less emotional strain. It might allow for more rest. It may enrich the life of our child, right? So these are things that we took into consideration when making choices. So I think a lot of times people, I'm going to get a little geeky for a second and I'll just say, like, I'm going to introduce the idea of a locus of control right? I don't know if you've ever, if you're familiar with the concept, but some people have an internal locus of control, which means I control what happens in my life. That means that I do life. Some people have an external locus of control, which essentially means that life happens to me. I would say that for the practice of polyamory specifically, adapting the idea of an internal locus of control is very important if if you want to be happy and fulfilled in your polyamorous life. Because it's so, we have to reject so many societal norms mm-hmm. in order to truly be happy, right? So we have to do this thing where you're like, it's not about what society says I should be doing. It's about what makes sense for my life, right? What makes the people in my life happy and fulfilled and take well taken care of and do that. And like, fuck what, you know, anybody else may think or feel about it but let's do what works for us. I left behind caring about what other people think so long ago. And I know that that's, I say that knowing that it's difficult for some people to do that, right? Some people have a strong emotional connection to what their families of origin may feel or what society thinks about their movements. And I don't think, I'm not villain, I'm not like vilifying anyone who still does have those concerns. But I think you just have to build that into your availability, right? Like if you're not available to do things that go against the grain of society, 
then you're, you know, you're a little disadvantaged in the polyamorous game. Yeah, absolutely. I can feel that. I, I mean, I live it. I feel it. I understand that. I think that, you know, talking about me, because of course it's my second favorite topic next to wine. I have been lucky enough to only care to a point. So once I came out to my mother as polyamorous and, you know, my close, you know, friends and family were aware of this, I didn't care about anyone else <laughs> because those people felt this way. And I, I, you know, even being, you know, a pansexual woman, it's difficult. Like, you know, my brother, God bless him, sweet kid, but he does not understand a lot of issues as it relates to LGBTQ plus rights and things like that. And so like, for example, this whole Dave Chappelle situation. I haven't seen this much. I don't know anything about it. But trans people have said one thing. And people are like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, if trans people are saying it's a big deal, it's a big deal. That's, right. that's kind of where the line is. They get to decide. Just like white people don't get to decide what's racist. Exactly. And so he had said it to me. And I was like, well, I'm not trans. And I have not seen the special. I can only tell you what trans people have said to me. And that's it. I, I cannot offer any other kind of criticism aside from the fact that comedy these days is not really funny because it's more about punching down and punching up. But that's that's a whole separate issue, right? But he understood. He was like, hey, I don't know anything about this. This is fine. You know, He understands that I'm pansexual, doesn't really get what that means aside from the fact that sometimes I got girlfriends and boyfriends and sometimes they're there together and that's kind of it. But again, I don't need his acceptance or his understanding. That's not right. what I told him for. I told him because this is what my life is going to look like. If you want to be a part of it, this is how it could show up for you. And once I made peace with that, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is all fine. And so right. dating other people who, my, in my personal experience, or even becoming friends with other people who are non-monogamous and married I've seen a lot of things where it's like oh no you know we can't do that or I'd really like to do that but and I'm like but if where is this but coming from what, what's what's the but <laughs> what's the but I would really like to do this should kind of be enough and having to understand that some people don't have that kind of flexibility or availability that I do and others do and they're choosing not to do the thing for whatever mm -hmm. external reason may right. exist so and... i will i will say that all of my partners are not as out as i am so they have a different level of needing to manage that right they have you know different relationships with their parents than i do and they quite frankly just have more fucks to give I am fresh out of fucks. My fuck bank, I think, has been on empty since, like, 2014. In 2014, when I got married, I was kind of just like, he loves me. You can decide whether you want to or not. Like, we're Gucci. But, you know, that's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of trauma. I didn't, that lack of fucks did not come easily, right? So I'm not necessarily even wishing that on everybody, Right? There was a whole bunch of trauma that led to my lack of fucks. So I, and, and I'm willing to meet people where they are to an extent. And I think that what becomes important when talking about if you're like married and dating someone who's unmarried or nested and dating someone who's unnested, 
it's really important for everybody to be very clear about their boundaries, right? Like I'm willing to date people who are not out about their polyamory, but I'm not going to change my behavior in deference to that fact. Does that make sense? And so I have to make it really clear to the people that I date that I'm not going to participate in any hiding of who I am, right? If you don't want to tell your mama, that's fine. But if we kissing on the street corner and your mama walked by, she just walked by. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, like a, it's a very, like our rule of the polycule is that everyone deals with their own parents. So there are some things, you know, in, in your dealing with your parents, however you choose to deal with your parents, cool. But if your mama asks me a question, bro, I'm going to tell her. Like, and that's just been, that has been my very happy place for almost a decade, right? I've just, you know, for the past seven years, I'll say, I have been like, who gonna check me? No one can beat my ass. You can't beat my ass. You could try, but like, I'm scrappy and I fight. I tell people, you know, you know, I've never been in a fight, but I always am telling people that I fight and they don't, they don't believe me. Oh no, I believe, I believe that you would fight. I believe that if, if it happened. You would absolutely. Oh yeah, it. yeah. I might not win. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna say I would win, but I'm. I'm gonna go down, kicking. Like, so I think it's just really like I think what happens as you progress through life and the things that happen to you in your life's journey, you just you really kind of get clear on what's really important to you. And some people are still at a place in their life's journey where keeping up appearances is important, right? So I know I would never date someone who is married and. Um, in the closet about being polyamorous. Not telling some people and being in the closet are not the same. Yeah, if that makes any sense, right? So that that's just me and my my what what's okay for me in my life, right? And I think what sometimes happens to single and unnested people is that they think that the people they are with are going to change, and sometimes they do. But I wouldn't bet on it. Yep. Why would you go into a situation hoping someone would change? That doesn't make It sense. usually results in heartbreak, right? So I yeah. am, you know, some people are, it's kind, and it's kind of like you have to, you know, water has to find its level. So like, I think like closeted people should date other closeted people, right? Like we, you know, if I'm going to tell, if I'm, if I'm be hidden, if I'm going to be your little secret, you be my little secret, we good. But I think what causes traction or what causes kind of discord is when people who are unmatched date one another. And what happens, so I am very pragmatic at the beginning of relationships. All right, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm about to put y'all up on game, right? I have, I have only been in one polyamorous relationship that lasted less than a year. And here's how I do it. I tackle the hard shit first. And by that, I mean, I have all the hard conversations in the first six months. We get through the hardship. We talk about whether you're out. We talk about the level of entanglement that you want. I ask very explicit conversations. Can I come to Thanksgiving? You know, when we talk, my personal aesthetic is that I begin things as I intend to continue them, right? So if you're somebody that I'm actually genuinely interested in, I'm going to take the time before I put any kind of title on our relationship. I'm going to take the time to really get to know you. And we're going to, we're going to talk through the hard questions, right? So maybe we're having hard questions for a year, but maybe the next five years are relatively smooth sailing, right? I'd rather do the hard stuff first. 
Because what I don't want to do is get my heart all involved, fall madly in love with you, and a year in realize that I'll never celebrate a holiday with you. And what and I think one of the reasons that that happens to poly people is that they're chasing the good feeling. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I I mean NRE is <laughs> okay. That could have your head acting all crazy ways you didn't even know were possible. Listen. So you know how people have reputations in the polyamorous community. Yeah. And you know how like you have to like really stand up and say what reputation might I have that is accurate. So if anybody tells you that Shanae is an NRE killer. Guilty as motherfucking charged. Because my heart is very... Okay, again, another secret. Y'all, I'm a big softie. Like, when I love people, I love them. And I don't really stop loving them. So if I let my heart get there, I want it to be safe. And I think what happens, especially when dealing with hierarchy, this perception of hierarchy and the reality of hierarchy, sometimes it's worse than you thought and sometimes it's better than you thought, right? So I'm not here to say, like, and I'm going to be honest, the level of integration that exists in my life is very rare, but it's not impossible. If everybody involved wants it, it absolutely can be done. It's not often done, but I think that that's part of my personal mission to like, to stand here and say like, no, we're not perfect. And no, this shit is not always fun. And sometimes it fucking sucks, but it's also the life that I've chosen right like I think I think it's funny how people who are now like it's funny how marriages monogamous marriages can go through difficulties right and everybody accepts that that's just gonna happen but 75% of poly people run at the first sign of trouble and for a lot of people that's the way their hierarchy manifests they're only willing to do the hard work for their legal union and everything else is just supposed to be fun and games And so I wrote this poem that I will not, of course, share, but one of the lines in it is that we make vacations out of people. And a lot of married people make vacations out of people. So what happens is they think that their partner that they're not married to or they're not nested with are good time girls. And you're supposed to be happy all the time. You're supposed to want sex all the time. You're not supposed to require any emotional, financial or logistical support and that's just fucked up that's period it's just fucked up so what I try to present to the people who are interested in me is that what you have available to you is a real life partner right your mama's sick all right where we go where we gotta go to take care of your mama you know your best friend is having a baby shower like my my girlfriend and I spent our sixth anniversary, slaving over a baby shower for her best friend. And you want to know why we did that? It's because that's what partners do, right? When you have when you have a partner, they do life shit with you. And mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of relationships that appeal to me for the most part. I mean, of course, you know what I'm saying? If you're trying to be my sneaky link and you find enough, it can happen, right? But I'm also going to be very clear and upfront about what's in, what, what the benefit package associated with that position is. But if you're actually trying to partner with me, I'm not going to be out here calling somebody my partner and you can't meet my mama. You know, like my mama and my partners. Big freaking eye roll. I talked to your mama today and she told me X, Y, and Z. Really? Because I ain't talked to her in three days. Okay. That's what we doing? You know what I mean? Like I, I just, 
I think that what happens a lot of times is people, they want this fantasy of a person instead of the reality of a person. Very true. Very true. Like, I mean, you have not said nothing but the truth right now. And you don't often find married people who want to accept the truth about our group, right? I ha- I will ha- I will say that personally, I want to be judged based on my lived experience, right? So when people are dealing with me on a on a personal level, I want them to see the type of relationship that I have with my non-nested partner and see what kind what's available, right? Like, you know, this is how I move. But I also am going to be honest and say that I also see what is happening. And I completely understand and I'm also reluctant to date most married people. Like just keeping mm-hmm. it 100 as a unit and as a group, it ain't it ain't good, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel the need to defend myself because my life and track record speaks for itself. But I think that in general, we all, everyone kind of has a role to play in doing better for our community. Married people need to be honest about what they have to offer. Unmarried people need to be honest about what they're willing to accept. And I think what happens is that both people just want to be in a relationship so bad that they both lie. Yeah. It's me. I've lied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what happens is, and honestly, and, and, and I won't, I mean, you know, I'm here to keep it real, right? This particular situation has caused a lot of conflict in my relationship with my partners because I've been told I ask too many questions and I want to know too much up front. Does that make sense? Like what happens is like, let's say you meet somebody and you're going like, let, by the second or third date, I want to know some stuff, right? Like I want to yeah. know like, how do they, how do they actually poly? right? Do they have actual lived experience in polyamorous relationships or is this a new thing for them? And then let's throw, let's kick the can down the road a bit, right? What might y'all's relationship look like in a year? These are the kinds of questions I ask and I do that for the security of my heart. And in my old age, quote unquote, I have come to to appreciate that everyone's not me and that everyone is not going to approach polyamory the same way that I do. But I say this with no hubris and no arrogance. Can't argue with results. That's it. You cannot argue with results. You have you said you've only had what one polyamorous relationship last shorter than a year. Mm-hmm. If that ain't results, I'm, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't have I have one ex who I could not call and invite over for a drink right now. And honestly, I would I would invite them and welcome them. They probably wouldn't come. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I maintain positive relationships with the people that I choose to be in my life. Matter of fact, I can probably request and get sexual favors from all of my exes if we're just gonna keep it. If we're gonna keep it funky, but like I I just I try to pick good people to be in my life. And allow the place that they occupy in my life to change as we change. Yeah. And so I think what happens, especially when you're like getting back to the idea and topic of hierarchy, is that people are very like pigeonholed on exactly like you are my girlfriend and this is what being my girlfriend means. When in reality, 
it's like you know how there's like general screening for a company and then yeah. there's more specific screening for the particular job that you want yep that's kind of how I do it. I'm like, there's general screening to be in my life, period. There's like a certain amount of like reliability and like mm-hmm. integrity that I need from people, whether you're trying to be my bestie or whether you're trying to be my business partner or whether you're trying to, you know, smash. There's, there's levels, right? And then we can talk about where you fit in. So I think what happens with prescribed hierarchy. So there are some people who are married and they're like, you mm-hmm. know, the only thing I have space in my life for is somebody that I see once every three months in a different city and your life never touches my life, basically. And I don't think that's a problem if you're upfront about that. Agreed. Just tell me that's what you want. That's it. Like, do, do is it Has it been your experience that married and nested people are upfront about that? Nope. Because I think that this is not just in polyamory, but just in general, people want all the benefits of a thing without actually working for the thing. So it's like, cool. I want to know all about your life. I want to do all this stuff with you. I want to talk about all this stuff with you. And then when it comes time to be real, you know, put action to words, it's like, oh, well, actually, you know, well, and then because of course I, I'm not, I'm not young, but I'm also not old, you know, but I I was to say that people I've had experience, not just, I mean, it's not only with nested people, it's people who are in that, you know, I'm polyamorous, but here's my girlfriend. Here's everything about this girlfriend. Here's where we are. And then here's where you kind of fit in somewhere under here, you know, like we'll never be equal. And, And I don't think that Equality means that I get all of the exact same things that come with, you know, the girlfriend that you have. That's not what I mean by equal. I mean, it's about equity, right? So- yeah, see, I, for me, like, you know how some people struggle with what, what's the difference between equality and equity? Equality is we all get the same shit. Equity is we get the shit we want, right? Yep. Because for instance, I'll tell you for a fact, I have been trying really hard to get somebody to wash my husband's dirty drawers. This is a good example, guys. And it's just an example. And nobody's going to call me out because there are people in my life who knows that Welly does the laundry. So this is a fucking example. But you know what I mean? Like, there are, I think, so you know how I'm very good at seeing both sides, right? So one of the things about being married or nested is that there's a lot of work involved in that relationship, right? So just like I offer equity and benefit, I also offer equity in labor. For instance, I would be appalled if my husband cheaped out on his dates, right? Like I have had serious talks with him. Like, don't do that. You A cheap hotel? Nigga, no, we don't do, that's not what we do, right? Like we've had to have these kind of aligning conversations. You need to present to her as the nigga that you are. And we, she don't get nothing less than what I get. You know what I'm saying? And when I, when I, when, let's talk about what that means though. That means that when you and I had been dating for a year, these are the types of things we did together. And so whatever types of things you were open to doing with me at a year, you should also be open to doing with your other partners at one year. Now, what I'm not saying is that the level of trust and interconnectedness that you and I have after 14 years of being together 
you should offer to someone else after six months. That's not what I'm saying. But the 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 difference is that clear? Yeah, that's right. Clear. Like I think that progression should be open and available. And I think that they're just baseline standards. Some of the ways that people treat their unmarried, non-nested partners are quite frankly revolting to me. Like I, yeah. I just I don't fuck with it, period. And I'll call it out in a second. There are people I love dearly who do some hierarchical bullshit. And guess what? I hit them with the that's hierarchical bullshit because I'm Sinead. And if you want me in your life, you're going to have to accept that I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. Right? So I don't overlook couples privilege, but I do challenge the trend in the polyamorous community to put everything on couples privilege and take Mm -hmm. away each person's individual responsibility to vet. Yep. Because people ain't asking the right questions. Jen, are you out here asking the right questions? Be honest. I mean, I wasn't always asking the right questions. And then the people I didn't ask the right questions of, I deliberately did that because I didn't care, if that makes sense. No, for sure. It wasn't about, oh, this is someone I see as a long-term partner in my life. I was like, this person is here for a season. Does this really matter to me? Do I really care about these sorts of things? I have already, you know, I already know it's not going to go to a certain place. And that's not because I have stopped it. It's just be like, ah, you know, we're cool, but we're not that cool. (laughs) And so I know. What kinds of questions are important to you? Like if you were dating like someone who was married or or nested, what kinds of things do you want to know right out the gate? Oh, the first thing I want to know is what does it look like when you and I have plans and they pull you to do something else that's not an emergency? Yeah, I, I have seen that happen to people where it's like, oh, yeah, we not me personally, but like, oh, you know, we have a date. We have a plan. Dinner's at 630. All of a sudden at six o'clock, it's like, oh, can we reschedule? Because, you know, they need me to drive them somewhere. They ain't got taxis, Uber, they ain't got friends. Call them Uber and show up. Exactly. And so I have seen that happen. And so I talk about things like that. First thing, like if, if it is not an emergency, is this going to affect our time? Number one. Number two, holidays. These holidays are important to me. Are these holidays that I can spend with you? Whether it's in a vacation, you come to speak with me, you know, we spend time with family. What does that look like for you? Holidays and birthdays are two things I care about. Because, I mean, I don't care about every holiday. Thanksgiving, I just want to eat food. I don't care where I eat it. Just somebody bring me a plate. I'm happy, right? Mm -hmm. But New Year's is my absolute favorite holiday. If I am romantically involved with you, I will want to spend that time with you. And with my polycule, more than likely. Is that something that you can do? Or is that just like, oh, no, sorry, we can't do New Year's because that's our holiday. (laughs) Are you you open to sharing that with their other partners as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because really what comes down to it, and this is the stuff that nobody wants to talk about, right? This is, this is where Sinead's ideas about kitchen table polyamory really become very controversial. Because what I will always say is that my partners are welcome where I am. Period, full fucking stop. My partners are part of my package. So if you want me there, you're going to get my partners there. Like, for instance, my family, it's funny that you mentioned New Year's because my family, my mother's side of the family to whom I am very close, 
And when I say very close, I mean, not just emotionally, but also in physical distance. I live on a street where if you go 15 minutes in either direction, you run into all the homes in my mother's side of the family. We do a very, you know, in non-panoramic times, we do a big brunch on New Year's Day. And my ass has strolled up in that bitch with five motherfuckers. Because we, people don't even, people don't, my family don't even bat an eyelash no more. Shanae Ann's. And because my mom and my sisters and I are the people who plan and execute the brunch, it don't matter. It's going to be me and. And, you know, and the people that I bring are not necessarily my romantic partners. But that's not, but who I'm fucking ain't your business. These, this is my, this is Shanae and crew. And we're going to be there. Right? Yep. And so I think that that is not a lot of married people are not willing to do that. However, and a lot of single and unnested people are also not willing to do that. That's true. Right? That's are you true. trying to Are you trying to be a part of my life? Or are you trying to pull me away from my life? Yep. It, and, and that's it. Like for me, I'm like, this is very important to me. So for New Year's, I always want to spend it with the people I love. Family, friends, romantic, you know, even if we just fucking, I mean, I love something about you, obviously, right? Yeah, so these are right. people that I want to spend time with. And that is how I like to bring in and enjoy the New Year's. If not New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Like right. I like so to spend a, that There's time. a 24-hour period which you can make sure that we spend time together. And if you don't, that's a problem. Exactly. I mean, I don't care if you're there for my birthday because I'm always weird about my own birthday, but I would like the option to at least be able to do something for your birthday, whether it's there, your birthday's on one day. Fine. What about the week before? What about the week after? What about right. any other time around that? We like specific plans. So one of the things that I have always treated as sacred, and so people that know me know this, right? But birthdays are sacred. When I tell you I am always on my absolute best behavior, there has been a situation where I had a metamorph that I literally did not speak to. But on our shared partner's birthday, everything is Gucci. Everything. Because birthdays are sacred, right? And I think what happens is that people are not willing to make these kinds of compromises, right? Quite, quite frankly, no, but for not. the people that I love, I am absolutely willing to compromise. Listen, you having a baby? Um, We're going to plan the baby shower together. Like, why you try to keep me out of the thing? That is just, but that's how I operate in my community. So in my polycule, my, my poly nest of people, <laughs> of all, you know, relationships, this is how it is. Like, I'm not going to be like oh no sorry this is this is a me thing I know you love them too but I'm not gonna right. put up walls like that and it's not even about being kitchen table or parallel or whatever I mean I think that if I am going to call you my partner if you have other partners even if we don't talk <laughs> even if we are not friends we should have a way to get a hold of each other if something were to happen to you Right. So, because real like real life is real life. And I think, yo, something I'm I'm so passionate about is these like relationships that exist in bubbles. Mm-hmm. Cause let me ask you a question. How many people just live in your phone? A lot. A lot. I have a like, lot of phone people. Like even for think about you and I. Like 
like think about how many different ways we're connected, right? So like if you deleted Facebook, I'ma tweet you. If you delete Twitter, I'ma text you. And if you delete all that shit and don't respond to my text, I'm going to find sham. And I'm going to track your ass down. Like, period. Exactly. You know? Yeah. There's no way we could actually be separate from each other at this point. Right. You know, so I think about that. And I think about how many people's partners actually just live in their phone. Like, for instance, and this is something I'm giving away free game. Like, if you actually, like, think I'm beautiful, which I am, and, you know, are trying to holler, I will say this. If you don't have my address, I'm not taking you seriously. That's that's just a little a, a little game for anybody who is out there listening. If you don't have if you don't know where I live, if you can't even send flowers if you wanted to, we're we're not even talking. I'm I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. We're not talking. Because if mm-hmm. you live in my phone and I can delete an app and be rid of you, and so many polyamorous people's entire polyamorous lives, like what would it take for you to decide you didn't want to be poly anymore? Me? Mm-hmm. Personally? I is is that really a choice? I don't know. Like <laughs> um, some people hmm. some people can just wake up, leave Facebook groups, block a single person, and be gone with their lives. That's the kind of these are the kind of things I scan for, right? Because literally I can't do it. I have an entire brand built around being black and polyamorous. My child, my partner, mm-hmm. my life. To me, for me, there's a certain security in knowing that. How much skin you got in this game? That's true. That's real. I mean, like I said, I, I'm polyamorous no matter what. And so mm-hmm. I just, I can't imagine it only being that. Right. And I mean, obviously it's a pandemic. Some people are not as comfortable traveling, you know, so if you can't physically, you know, be in the same place with someone right now due Mm -hmm. to the corona, I understand. But like you said, you don't have any other way to access them. You've never sent them a present. Like they they never sent you something. There's no kind of... So when I was with my baby and mama and I were first dating... And I will uh, let me let me not tell you. Listen, if y'all think I'm all the way live at 34, 27 year old Shanae was on some fucking bullshit. So when I told you I would get mad and not answer my phone, so I also remember that like lesbians are fucking crazy, right? So let's mm. just let's just go there. When I tell you she was like, I will show up at your house, right? That threat is real. That threat lives like she lives at the same house she threatened to show up at now, right? But like that's real. That's so real. Can I can I even threaten? If I can't even threaten you to pull up? Listen, I there was someone that I was dating before. I mean, we transitioned out of a romantic relationship into just purely platonic. And he had said something once and I was like, "Listen, I know what side of the pillow you sleep on, okay? Do not fucking play with me." Like, don't, don't tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna call me. your mama. Like, I'm gonna call your mama. You playing? And he was like, "All right, that's the end of that conversation. Thanks so much." And I was like, "Yeah, because you know it's true." Like, right, that's all, folks. You gonna come in your office, and I'm gonna be sitting at your desk. Yep. Like, wow, we really are crazy, but in the best way. <laughs> in the best way. Right. Thank you. But 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 these are things that are par for the course in monogamous relationships. Yep. 
how long do you date somebody monogamously and not know where they live? So all so on this topic of hierarchy, what I offer to each and every person to whom I am romantically involved is you gonna get exactly what you would get if it was just me and you. With a little extra, right? Like I'm I'm hoping that what I offer you is more love. And again, more love, not less. Because that's not fair. I hope to be in every single way. I hope to have more to offer you as a result of being polyamorous as opposed to less to offer you. The only thing I can't offer you is legal marriage. And let me tell you, when you really start to think about the legal ramifications of marriage, that shit ain't that sweet. It is a lot. I I could go to jail because of what he does. I'm not a ride or die like that. Like, I don't think you know this. Like, was that the 21 question saw that 50 Cent came out with years ago? I was like, are you crazy? Let me tell you something. $600 and a lawyer can fix a lot of problems. And that's the funny thing. It's it's what's so funny to me. Like, people act like, people get divorced every day, dog. But people want to act like marriage is this impenetrable fortress. When it ain't. Nope. Even in polyamory, people get divorced every day, B. So what really matters is the relationship. What have we built together? Not the title. Yeah. I say that. Please don't clip that in a way that I don't mean because I'm a title ass bitch. If you want me to be your girlfriend, make me your girlfriend, period. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to post it on Facebook, but I'm going to hold up and be like, oh, yeah. It's just, I think that what happens, I think that really the most important thing that I want to bring out about this whole idea of hierarchy is that people make assumptions instead of talking to people. You need to do two things. You need to talk to people and you need to watch what they do. And people tend to do one or the other, but not both. Does that make That's sense? True. Yeah, it was that saying, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. <laughs> it's, I mean, what is the use of it call, not being a duck? <laughs> I used to call somebody my duck instead of my boyfriend. Anyway. Well. <laughs> oh, sorry, short. But, no, like, it, it, it's, people are unwilling to have the hard conversations up front. And that's the best advice that I can offer. As a, as a polyamorous vet, my best advice is to have the hard conversations up front. Because what do you have to lose? No, it's a complete sentence, and it's also not that bad. <laughs> like Right. And think about how much easier it is to take no before you're invested. I'd rather have a conversation with you about a hypothetical holiday than it be Christmas and I'm alone. Yep. That's true. That's it. And it's 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 hard out here, I think, because of, you know, all the things that we've discussed, people living in your phone, the perception of hierarchy, lack of communication and follow through being a huge part of that. We we have a not so easy time out here in these polyamorous streets like do you have a hierarchy horror story yes <laughs> is there a way you can tell it without incriminating anybody not quite <laughs> but i i can i can talk around the thing there was an event that mm-hmm. was planned and it was a bunch of people going and it was trying to get everyone together at the thing it was not a sex event guys it was just like a regular ass event okay <laughs> regular ass event and some people had to drop out for different reasons mm-hmm. and so i 
connected with someone to ask if they could help out with a particular element of the event. And it was like, oh, well, I have to check with X first. Okay, all right. But initially you were going to do X anyway. And because the other person said they would do it and then now they can't because of a thing, like it was going to be fine. And it was like, right. oh yeah, but now, now I still got to check with X. And so much of it is about the way that you set your life up, right? Right, like my polycule, we have four adults and a child. And when I tell you we live and die by our calendar, listen, we have we have we pretty much have an unspoken two adults rule. Which means that we operate on a base level of two adults. So if one adult has already said they're unavailable at this time, there's only opportunity for one other adult to be unavailable, right? We, we, we try to keep our child's life at a place where he has at least two parents available to him at all times. So if you look at the calendar and somebody is already out, it's not about, I got to check with them. Let me check my schedule. I'm not available. Right? Like, and I, I think so much of it is about ownership and positioning. I don't have to check mm-hmm. with no nigga to see if I can do what I want to do. I gotta check my fucking calendar because I'm an adult. Yeah, I gotta and- check and see if my child is taken care of, and that ain't got shit to do with hierarchy. That shit to do with me handling my business as a grown ass woman. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's just it's all that. And so I was talking to Remodeled Love. I think I mentioned that to you, of course, earlier. And mm-hmm. someone had commented on one of their question things. You know, the difference between being an afterthought and dating a busy partnered parent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, so many people are just creating afterthoughts (laughs) as relationships. It's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm busy. I I own my own business. You know, I have, you know, my, my kids, I have my wife, I have all the stuff, you know, I have these other partners and it's like, okay, so you've already told me that I don't fit in anywhere in this list because everything that you have said, tells me that you don't consider me to be a priority in any way and I have found that especially with married people and this is even in friendships that I've seen this is not just romantically mm-hmm. it's like communication could only happen on their terms not in addition to anyone else's time and I was talking to your model of about that I was like you know it's so funny because I see especially as you know a single person I ain't got no man no girlfriend or whatever no kids People always assume that I should be the one to be more flexible in a situation because I got all that and I don't have a traditional job. So I have to make myself available on your time. And that's not how that works. So I have recently started standing firm in those boundaries where I'm like, if I tell you I'm available at this time, this is the time. I'm not going to go back to my schedule and readjust it for you. This is the time. Right. So I have this thing. And this is going to sound weird, right? And a lot of people are going to balk at this. But you ain't my partner if I can't call you. I need to feel perfectly confident picking up the phone and dialing your phone number. And now, I'm, that, that's not to say that I expect for you to answer every single fr- freaking time I call you. But if I don't feel perfectly confident calling you unscheduled, we're not partners. We're not nothing, are we? 
because I assume that you'll answer if you can. Like for instance, I'm a very I'm a business owner. I'm a mom. I'm somebody's dom. I'm somebody's wife. But also what most people know from me is that as a person, if you call my phone or text my phone, you're going to hear back from me. I, I, I respond quickly. And if I don't respond quickly, it's an anomaly. I might even pick up the phone and tell you, hey, we're doing homework. You okay? You need you need me to step out? You, you get what I'm saying? There's a difference between, or I might text you and be like, maybe you okay? Do you need me to call you right back? Mm-hmm. Or can I call you back after I finish bedtime? Right? Like, these are, that's the difference between being somebody's partner and being somebody's side piece. And I will not be treated like a side piece under any circumstances. No, you're right. Because side side pieces can't call. Side pieces got to text or call on a pattern. Call you three times real quick. We're not going to do that. Okay, that's a lot of work, by the way. Like, that just seems like a lot. Sorry, like I have to call you pattern. I I need my partners to understand that if you need me, you can call me. Period. No caveats because life doesn't happen in the caveats. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. And so I think the biggest, the biggest criticism that I have for the married slash mystic community is that they're not genuinely available to partner with people in life. And so I screen for that. So you know how I asked you about horror stories, right? Yeah. Do you want to hear about like a surprise, like positive story? Yes. I always, let's, let's, let's have some positive stories in this. All right. So I'm going to deal with this very delicately and with, with also the understanding that some people that listen to this know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. But so there was a year, right? Shanae is a mermaid. Y'all know what a mermaid is? All right. So mer- mermaid is a term that looked Evita, Amaris, and I actually like in, in, the, in the process of a conversation, we decided we were mermaids. And what a mermaid is, is a married woman who is also open to dating established couples. Mm. so I have a beautiful mermaid story and my beautiful mermaid story centers around Thanksgiving and how Thanksgiving actually became a tradition with a married couple that I was dating and one year we decided we're going to do Thanksgiving together and when I say do Thanksgiving I thought like oh you your wife and kids you know, like I was, I was involved with both par- parties, right? And I was like, okay, cool. What I didn't know was that their entire extended family was going to be at Thanksgiving. Grandpa, grandma, mm. like their mother, their father, their sisters, their brothers. And so I have this beautiful memory of my family and their family sharing Thanksgiving. And what that has evolved into is that sometimes we have, I mean, of course, COVID makes everything weird, right? But pre-COVID, even if we have our separate Thanksgivings, at some point on that day, we might have dinner separately and come together for drinks and cards at the end of the night, right? 
And that's something that has transcended our romantic relationship. So, but what I can say is that in the midst of our romantic relationship, I got to sit at your Thanksgiving table and meet your parents, right? And were we in the title of the relationship at the time? We were not. But was that a be- was that a beautiful memory that I can like carry forward? Absolutely. And so I think for me, what that has shown me is to ask questions and also be open to sh- let people show you what really matters to them, right? Because at the end of the day, these people with whom I have come to share this holiday, if I call, you're going to answer. And if they call me, oh, baby, whatever you need, we we in there, right? That's how families are built. And so for a lot of people, one my, one of my initial screening questions is, what's your end game? What are you trying to build? Are you looking for a good time or are you looking for a long-term lasting relationship wherein we can both support each other through whatever life brings? And And I'm not knocking people who are not looking for that. I'm just saying that I'm looking for it and I found it. And so I want to give, I want to encourage people who are also looking for that and say that it's a thing. It ain't always pretty and it ain't always neat, but it happens. Right, because I think you talk about that a lot with your, like, not necessarily romantic polycule, right? That you can expect them to show up for you. Yep. Always. There's there's never a moment where I don't think that I could call them and they could show up for me. For example, just the other day, actually, that same one that I threatened about the side of the pillow thing, <laughs> you know, we, we're still cool. We still, we still, we're still in this thing together. And I had mentioned I was having a difficulty with something. And he was like, oh, okay, all right, so I'll just go here. He's in Jamaica, by the way. I'm in Florida right now with my dad visiting. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just go here and I'll have that stuff. And then I, so FedEx works, right? And it was like, oh, I just, I was just thinking. He was like, no, 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 I got it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry right. about it. And it's just that simple. It was never a, oh, well, you know, it's going to be expensive or it's going to be, or I don't have time. It was like, it's gonna oh, be time you this? Right. Yeah. I can pick up. I can pick up this phone right now and call a man or woman who love me dearly and anything I want or need will be at my doorstep in 10 minutes, right? Like that's the kind of partnerships that I'm personally looking for. So I think that part of like, again, polyamory always goes back to self-work, right? So the self-work is what are you looking for? And are you willing to be really honest about what you're looking for? And are you willing to give as good as you get? That because part. So, many, so many married and nested people want the benefit. What, what did you say earlier? They want the benefit of a thing? Yeah, without actually doing the thing. Without actually doing the thing. I want to do the things. Whatever things you want to do, let's do them. I'm also a little bit crazy. You know, a little bit. But, I mean, how, how much of that is necessary in order to go against everything you know? Very. I think it's very necessary. You, you got to be a little bit off the wall in order to be able to live this life the way that you genuinely want it lived not the way it should be lived or could be but the way that you want it lived and I think Mm -hmm. that's also super important being like you said being honest with yourself about what exactly you want what are you looking for if your polyamory is just listen I'm down for NRE I'm down for you know just 
a lot of NRE over and over again, comet type shit, nothing too deep, nothing too serious. That's totally fine. Be honest about that and do that. Don't lead people on a path that you are not willing to walk down with them. And I am saying this also to myself because I am that. Right. <laughs> I, no, I, I can be honest about my own failures here. Yeah. Right. We need the reminder, right? Be honest about what you have available. And I think that's the, like, that's the best message that we can give to everybody. Be, do the self-work to know not just what you want, but also what you can offer. And also be willing to, to notice when what you can offer and what you want don't match up and, and do the work to fix it. Right. So I guess my best advice and when navigating hierarchy is to always ask yourself, is this hierarchy or are they just not that into me? Because hierarchy is a choice. Hierarchy is not something that's stagnant. Hierarchy is something that someone submits to willfully. If someone is blaming their existing relationships on an inability to do something with you, it's because they don't want to. Everything except for the everything not governed by the laws of our land. They just don't want to, sis. Bruh. Sorry. It's and guess what? You can keep it moving. You always have the option to keep it moving. And find the person where your desires and ability match up. Listen, thank you so much for being able to have this conversation, dropping the gems on the people. It is poof powerful i feel like jada right now even though jada's problematic in her own way i feel like closing this like red table talk you know it's like oh oh listen i am fully expecting people to challenge what i've had to say today and i welcome it i welcome it i wish i hope that they bring it to me and that we can have more conversation about what hierarchy means and how we're willing the ways that we are and aren't willing to navigate it right Absolutely. So tell people where they can find you to engage in these lovely conversations. So you can find me um, at work with Shanae on Instagram or at Shanae Speaks on Twitter. If you just if you have a burning question or, you know, need something for me personally, you can always hit me up at Kendall at gmail.com. And, you know, I'm not I'm not that hard to find. I'm sure Jen will put all of my ads in her show notes, as she always does, because she's just diligent like that. And yeah, I welcome continued conversation about this because this is not something that's stagnant and it's not something either that's easy to navigate. So what I often happen, what I coach people through is people who want to navigate hierarchy in a ethical and loving way, but they don't quite have the tools. So I can help with that. I do that. And now I do turn down clients. Absolutely. Because there are people who aren't ready that they don't have what it takes to do the to do the work, right? So you have to you have to approach me with the ability to do the work. But if you are someone that is willing to do the work of tearing down per, the perception of hierarchy and really getting into what you want, what you want your life to look like, I'm available to help with that. So you can hit me up on socials or you can email me. But yeah, I I, I just really welcome conversation about doing the hard work. So once again, thank you so much. Amazing. Once again, I would love to thank Janae Jackson Kendall for being on the podcast to talk about hierarchy. The details for where to find Janae will be in our show notes at monogamishpod.com. If you want to listen to Monogamish Pod, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify, 
Anchor, Podbay, Podbean, Pod, it, it, it goes on. We would like for you to subscribe and rate us five stars, if at all possible, on your favorite podcast platform. If you want to find Monogamish Pod on social media, you can find us at Monogamish Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. If you want to support Monogamish Pod, whether it be financially or through kind, what whatever the case may be, you can go to the Anchor support feature. So that's anchor.fm slash monogamishpod. You can click the support button. You can support us for as low as 99 cents a month. Or you can head over to our Patreon where you get bonus materials for supporting us there. Patreon.com slash monogamishpod. It is an 18 plus platform. You have to type in the web address exactly as I gave it. If you want to support me personally, that is Jen, you can head on over to at Have You Met Jen on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get something tangible for your monogamous support, that means that you want to wear the merch. If you want to rep your set, then you could head on over to monogamishpod.threadless.com or just head on over to monogamishpod.com and click the shop button. I think that's all I have for you guys. Our next episode will, of course, be out in two weeks. I'll be talking about something totally different in a very deep and meaningful way. Once again, I'm Jen. This is Monogamish Pod, and I will catch you next time. XOXO. Bye, guys. <laughs>